Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And here we are once again for another edition, or with another edition, of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander. On the other side of the table there is Mr. Bunker de France. Howdy. We don't need no stinking lawyers. Uh, we certainly do not. And then uh, in Los Angeles, the home of $6 gasoline, it's our good friend Todd Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, it's uh, the gas is only going to continue to rise like my blood pressure. It's a beautiful thing here in California because... Um, all of the uh, leftists love to talk about how um, you know this is all, this is all because of uh, outside sources. I see. This, this we're the you're, we're the victims of outside sources. Blame it on Putin. Well, that's what yeah. uh, that's what the clown in the White House is saying. Hey, you know what? Though I've got for all our listeners out of there who want to make a ton of money on the stock market. Yep. Buy shoe leather. Yep. Stock and shoe leather. Okay. Because we're all going to be walking before all. You know, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, And bicycle tires. Bicycle, bicycle tires, tires, yeah. You know, I'd get a horse, but it's like 700 bucks a month to keep a horse in uh, in in feed and whatnot. And, uh, you know, well, that's amazing when you think about it. It's, it's, it's actually getting to where owning a horse is cheaper, going to be cheaper than owning a yeah, car. A car, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. we digress. <laughs> <laughs> Our show is about the Old West and uh, yes, it is. and bunches of other things concerning the West, and one of those is the movies. And uh, this is our movie Saturday program. Yes, it is. By golly, and we're streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch just north of Tucson. Beautiful place. Beautiful uh, White Stallion. Check them out online, make a reservation, and come stay out here. Harry can't see him, but over his right shoulder... There's some beautiful black cattle out there. Looks like some uh, Angus. All right. Maybe a, a Hereford cross over there. And I know there's a, there's a couple of little longhorns out there. I, I care Maybe a mossy back or two. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing Bunker's eyes light up, and he's uh, fixing to look for a horse so we can go rustle some cattle. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think that uh, the more... Uh, the more the prices go to continue to increase, I think what you're going to see is uh, horse stealing will be looked at a lot. Uh, uh, the courts will be lenient, more lenient on horse thieves. I don't think they were ever siphoning gasoline. I'll tell you what, having been the victim of a couple of bicycle thefts, um, I treat bike thieves like I do horse thieves. And the only good way <laughs> to do that is to uh, string, them up. string them up. That's right. So... Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't cotton to any of that nonsense. Well, you know, I just, I just, it just crossed my mind looking out there at these, these beautiful, nice, fat cattle out there with their little short legs, you know, and all that meat on them, and they're not, they're not built for stampedes. No, you know, you need a good old long-legged, rangy uh, longhorn that yep. you make it, you know, put your life in. You know, little Joe the Wrangler, he, he would still be alive if that had been a, a <laughs> Angus stampede. I could even wrangle one of those. <laughs> All right. It's Movie Saturday, and um, as the name suggests, we are talking about movies, Western movies, and, and or actors, producers, writers, whatever. Um, this time we, yeah, This time we're doing uh, the Westerns of Gene Hackman. They weren't that many, but they were pretty darn good. I like Gene in uh, Blazing Saddles. Is he in Blazing Saddles? I liked him in Blazing Saddles. I don't... I didn't see that in any of his credits. I don't remember him. What did he do? Gene Hackman in Blazing Saddles. I don't remember. What did he do? <laughs> he wasn't in Blazing Saddles. Oh, God. Guys, I'm trying to set you up here. Oh. I, I liked him in Tumbling Tumbleweeds, too. I'm sorry. I've got my, the wrong jeans on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, God. Wow. You've been Wranglers or leaves? Harry. <laughs> Wranglers or leaves? Yeah, oh, never mind. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that. Oh god, I got to steal that one. That's awesome. <laughs> got the wrong oh, jeans. Oh god. Anyway, Hackman. Uh, oh, the show's over now. We lost control. <laughs> I know. Hackman didn't make a whole bunch of them, but uh, yeah, they were good. Well, actually, there's like I count seven actual westerns and one that is kind of a contemporary western to Mexican, but. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, and, and, and you know, Hackman is such a he's such a unique actor in a lot of ways, in that he's kind of an everyman, but he's he's an everyman that stands out as opposed to one that blends into the background. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Do you think? Well, he's got a presence. That's one thing, and he's got a different kind of intensity. You know, you've got you've got. The, you know, you got like a Paul Newman. He's got that, you know, that kind of inner fire. Right. You got like a, a George C. Scott, which is, you know, it's that intensity is like a volcano ready to explode, and his is like an intensity that's he's keeping it inside, but you know it's there. You know it's it's ready to do something, mm-hmm. but you have no, you know, Popeye Doyle, you know, and, and, and French Connection, you know, it's just like. You, you, you don't you don't know what you don't know what he's going to do, but you know something's going to happen. Well, if I if going by the list of uh, those movies that uh, our Facebook uh, uh, folks have posted about uh, when I posted our uh, program information, um, Unforgiven and The Quick and the Dead are the absolute favorites yeah. uh, of the Facebook listeners. Is uh, that the, uh, the Rotten Tomato groups or just the No, no, no. That, that's our, that our, uh, our, oh, our, our Facebook oh, uh, viewers. The, the ones that count. They, yeah. <laughs> they like the quick and the dead and unforgiven. Yeah. Well, let, let me run through the titles real quick and then go back and do other stuff. But uh, I'm going to do it alphabetically. Bite the bullet, which is I really like. Um, and then there is Geronimo, an American legend, The Hunting Party, The Mexican, The Quick and the Dead, Unforgiven, and one more, two more here, Wyatt Earp, and Zandy's Bride. And that's, you know, and you, when you look at it, too, there, there, there's not a, like, the same guy, character. Guy. One of those is a different kind of character. Yeah, Todd. Did your dad ever work with uh, Hackman on any pictures? Yes, he made a film with him called Gypsy Moss with uh, Burn Lancaster and uh, Scott Wilson and Deborah Carr, uh, directed by John Frankenheimer. And uh, you know uh, that that in, that what you're talking about, Bunker. There, that 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 underlining uh, intensity that he has. It's just below the surface, you know. And even when he's giggling or laughing, you can—it's there. Mm-hmm. It's just—it's just there. And I—I I have to say that he's probably one of my favorite actors. He was one of my dad's favorite actors. He enjoyed uh, him in the film *Gypsy Moss*. It didn't do as well as it should have. I guess it was kind of—it um, was a film that was based on uh, these guys that are. Uh, skydiving barnstormers and they go from town to town to town doing these uh, at the air shows they do these barnstorming uh, parachute uh, tricks and so on and you know everybody thought it was going to be a huge hit because it was bringing back Deborah Carr and Burt Lancaster for their final film together but it didn't register in the same way that the others had in the past um but I will say that, you know, the funny thing about Hackman that I always loved the story was in New York, when he was a struggling actor, his roommate was Dustin Hoffman. Oh, you wow. can't think of two guys that are more opposite of each other. Really? But they both had some commonality in their intensity of their focus to become actors, right. successful working actors. And they'd go out, you know, they might go to a movie. They they might go to dinner, they might go to a bar and have a drink, and they'd be walking home, and Hack, uh, Dustin Hoffman would say that he started noticing that, that Hackman was starting to fidget, he was starting to twitch, he was starting to get real quiet, and uh, he, he'd say, uh, he, he once, you know, he would look at him and he'd be studying, he'd be going, okay, there's something going on with him. And then finally Hackman would get close to home, but not that close, maybe five, six blocks. And Hackman would say, uh, I got I, I to go. I got to go. I, I gotta, uh, I'll meet you at home. And he'd say, what, 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 what are you talking about? We got to go home. It's, you know, we got to go to bed. We got to get up early tomorrow and do whatever the work they were doing. And Hackman would say, no, I, I got I to. Gotta, and he was like fidgety and hesitant. 
in his delivery. I, I'm, I, I'll meet you back at the place, okay? I'll meet you back at the place. And this happened once or twice. And finally, Dustin Hoffman said to him, so where do you go? Where, what do you do? He goes, I got to go get in a fight. I got to go. I got to go. To, I got to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to a bar and um, I'm going to order a drink, a beer, and I'm going to get in a fight. And then once I get in a fight, I'll come home. You know, and, I won't, I won't, uh, and you know he was a marine it's important to realize yeah. he was a marine and he was very intense and you know he grew up in San Bernardino even though he was his family was from Pennsylvania but he had lived in New York for so long that he he kind of the city kind of infiltrated his his being and he became much more attached there than he was anywhere else, even though now he lives in Santa Fe and has for many years, probably 25 years. You know, I want so, to go back to the Gypsy That's Mouse. how real he was, is my point, and how diverse he was as an actor, because he could tap into that person, that other person he was. Now, I want to go back to the Gypsy Moss for a second, because that's what, that was one of my favorite books. I, that's one of the great stories, and it had a great impact on my life because the lines in there, I used those for pickup lines for years, and they were just the greatest pickup lines ever. <laughs> Did they work? Yeah. Oh, all right. I used on them little Texas girls that would come up to Rio Dosa, and they just thought I was the cat's meow or something. You know. <laughs> but, you know, you, you hit well, on something. There you up. go, Bunker. No, you wonder, no wonder you're, you, you were... You, you, you were yeah, I'm not surprised you were awful good looking back then. You still are. And the man uh, is still I don't sing- know what happened, yeah. Yeah, and the man is still single. Can you believe that? Oh, here's well, another thing. Well, that's because he, he, he's, he's a little too independent. Uh, and I think that that's an admirable thing. I will also sell, sell you, Bunker, that it had a big effect on my life as well, the film, because my father, it still lasts with me to this day, is my dad, that was the first, one of the very first films that product placement was ever done. Oh. My dad worked out a deal with Ford Motor Company, and they uh, they said, you know, we'll we're going to give you ca- we'll pay you cash the production for using Ford motor vehicles. And he said no, and he worked out a deal of a brand new car for five years every year, <laughs> and he got a new Mustang five years in a row. He'd drive it for a year and then take it back. They'd give him a new one. And those five Mustangs had a huge influence on me as a kid. And to this day, I still have a big affair of Mustang, love of Mustangs. And I still love Fords. So it, it affected me tremendously. As well. you, know, you, you, you touched on something there, too, when you were talking about uh, Hackman and, uh, and Hoffman. You know, his fidgeting. That's a thing, too, that in, in his movies... You'll notice he always has a fidget of some type. It's very subtle, very, very, but it's there. Is it a tell? I, mean, I, well, I, I don't know, but I get, it, it's probably something in his personality that creeps out in the performance because you, you'll see it. If you, we go through the characters here. I think probably the least fidgety character is General Cook in Geronimo. Mm-hmm. That's his most reserved character. Wow. But you, you, you see it. You see it when when the when the tension starts to build. Yeah. You see something starting to happen in him, mm-hmm. and again, it's that that thing that you it's not expected, but it's there, and you know it's there, but you can't you can't pinpoint it. Okay, all right. Uh, we're talking uh, movies of Gene Hackman here. <clears throat> pardon me on uh, Amal Franzi's Voices of the West for this Saturday. We're streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. And uh, tomorrow, mm. we got we got a, a, an announcement we need to make for tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, and for all the, all the Buffalo gals out there, I know you're, I'll probably bring a tear to your eye, but tomorrow is Henry Darrow's birthday. Oh, if and he I, was still with us, and we would be celebrating. We'll celebrate in our own quiet way tomorrow. I have something for the Buffalo gals and all of us. Mr. Manolito, you come to join up with us, or you just running for protection? Oh, baby, please. That poor girl, you know, she she misunderstood my, my tender friendship for deep love. Deep love. Well, the next time we come to town, you're going to ramrod this outfit. And you're going to live under my conditions. No red eye, no mezcal, no pulky, no nada. Gary. You're going to nursemaid me and Blue Boy. <laughs> right. Well, please, you know. I have such a, a, a weak character. Yeah, yeah a weak character. <laughs> Come on, Romeo. There you go. 
Right. All right. I don't know. I don't know if you caught that, Todd. Were you able to? Catch no, it? I didn't catch oh, any of it. It was just uh, mono uh, from uh, an episode of the High Chaparral with uh, Buck, and, uh, and he's, of course, he's having women troubles. Cam and Henry. Henry and Cam. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, great combination. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, All right. I well, think, let, me, let me jump in a little bit of, of well, Hackman's history. Before you do that, I thought we would take a, a, a our first commercial let's break. Let's do a break. We, we did uh, our stuff for Henry Darrow there, and uh, so let's do that. Let's do our first commercial break on Emil Franzi's Voices great. of the West. It is Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. Gene Hackman, we're talking about. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west, where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. You're Frank Gordon, eh? Any crime in that? Yes, there is. When that afternoon train comes through here for the east, you're going to be on it. Oh, no. I don't like trains. They make me seasick. You're going to be more than seasick if you don't take my advice. You ain't wanted in these parts. Folks are sure friendly around here, ain't you? This is the Voices of the West. Voices of the West. Welcome back. I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker de France is here, and in Los Angeles, Todd Roberts. We're talking uh, movies. It is Movie Saturday, streaming live out at the White Stallion if Ranch. You're not or on the train. Stallion you're going to be under it. Yeah, no likely. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so our topic is uh, the westerns of Gene Hackman. Didn't make a bunch, but they were sure some good buttes. Some yummies. Anyhow, Gene was born in January 30th, 1931, San Bernardino, as Todd said. He was the son of a journeyman uh, pressman, probably linotype. Mm-hmm. That was what they were doing about that time. I uh, was raised in Danville, Illinois. At 16, he got sick of school, probably like me. Uh, <laughs> but he, he ran off and joined the Marine Corps. Sorry to hear that. And he was uh, in the Marine Corps. He reached the rank of corporal. His primary unit was the 3rd Marine Regiment, the 4313th. 
and he was a broadcast journalist and public affairs guy, and this will explain why he had that job. Uh, after, well, no, it wouldn't either. <laughs> because after he got out of the service, he went to school on the GI Bill. He studied commercial art, journalism, TV productions. And in his early 30s, he attended the Pasadena Playhouse. Returning back to New York, he started getting small parts in summer stock off Broadway, shacked up with Dustin Hoffman. That's not in my thing here. Uh, his break came when he got the lead in the Broadway comedy Any Wednesday with Sandy Dennis and made it into a movie without either one of them. In 1964, uh, he was followed by a brief but memorable, memorable scene in Lilith, uh, 1964, and the star of that film, Warren Beatty, remembered him and cast him in Bonnie Clyde as his brother Buck at 67. Uh, that was his first Oscar nomination, and I think his first, I don't know, he didn't win on that one. And then another nomination came with uh, I Never Sang From My Father, which was a brilliant film, 1970. He later won the Oscar for The French Connection, Popeye Doyle with the crazy hat. In 1988, won the Best Actor Berlin Film Festival and an Oscar uh, bid for Mississippi Burning. Won his second Oscar for a supporting role in Unforgiven as Sheriff William Little Bill Daggett. What a great part. Wow. So why didn't he do more Westerns? Uh... I got a feeling that he, if you, if you actually, if you look at his pictures, he, he's got a pretty damn good track record for doing quality pictures. So he can pick and choose. I think that's. I think maybe that's what he did. You know, or maybe you just, you know, the westerns being offered him weren't that good or something. You know, because we got to remember, you know, this was, it was that's starting to get into the periods where the westerns were up and down. Todd, anything you want to add there? Well, I I, I don't think Bunker's wrong at all. I, I think that that you know, you you take the you take the roles. Um, there's so many different reasons you take a role. You take it because you like the script. You take it, or don't take it because you don't like the script. You take it, or you take it because you like the director, or you don't take it because you don't like the director, or who else is in the film, or maybe the producer, or. There could be any number of reasons. Maybe you don't want to travel that far. Maybe you do want to travel that far. There's all these different things that go into the decision-making process of making a film. And obviously, through the roll of the dice, the films that came up for him that inspired him or he connected with on paper were films that he said, you know, oh, I want to make this film. And more of them came out as non-Westerns than they did. But... Getting back to, uh, you know, uh, some of these films like Zandy's Bride, I think is just a, a tremendous study of realism, of, you know, of, of not of what the West was like. Not all of the West. That's another problem. You know, I, I can't stand it when I hear actors or directors or people say, oh, well, the West wasn't like that or it wasn't like this or everybody was like that. Well, that's obviously not true. Um, and what's so interesting in that film is they shot it up in Oregon and it's on up and down all these hills. And, you know, you think of a Western, you think of the open plains and they're up and down all these hills. And, and, and it's just a very interesting film. Liv Ullman is a very good actress and she adds a lot to it. And there's a lot of realism in that film about what it was like and the loneliness and how much hard work took everything. It wasn't. You know, uh, it wasn't all about running into the saloon and chasing dancer girls, um, which a lot of westerns. That's all it is. Well, you know, um, and I think a few others that 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 do touch on that. So obviously, for him, it was realism. It's how he connected mm -hmm. with the character. Good point. Well, you know, there's an interesting thing too. You know, uh, Zandy's Bride was directed by Jan Terrell, and uh, before he had done that, he had done a couple of uh, pictures: The Immigrant and The New Land. Which were very much that same thing that that stark realism. In fact, Immigrants in Newland was all the one same movie, but it was so long that they cut it into two. But if you think about it, you see now they're making westerns that were like this one, and this this wasn't your traditional western. This was, uh, you know, kind of kind of the gritty, grimy, uh, no glamour. Uh, 
no the tension wasn't so much somebody coming to get you as just making it through the snowstorm or or getting the cows in before dark it was like life like life in the old times absolutely exceptional film absolutely i want to jump back to his first western here and then i want to come back to zandy's ride because i think the hunting party which i think also may be his weakest western uh was very much a well it was it was the outside it was about a wife of a cattleman very rich cattleman who prefers to go off with hunting expeditions with his other very rich cattlemen buddies and they go off when they go hunting they go off in a railroad car filled, <laughs> filled with booze and guns and women Okay. Well, while he's gone on one of his little hunting trips, Oliver Reed comes along, and he's a bandido with a gang of banditos, and he snatches the wife. But he doesn't snatch her for the obvious bandito reasons. He wants to learn to read and write. And so he's just like, she's going to be a long-term captive. Of course, when Hackman finds out about this, his, his motivation... Not to get his wife back, it's to try out that new high-powered scope rifle, and the hunting party now becomes human prey, and it's him and his party going after the gang and just slowly annihilating them, and it is a gruesome picture. It's very much influenced by uh, the Wild Bunch. You, you see that in there. And, you know, the cast is interesting in that one, too. You've got Candace Bergen, who reappears in his life in another movie. Uh, you got Simon Oakland, who's always interesting. Uh, Ronald Howard. Uh, who else is in there? L.Q. Jones, G.D. Spradling. Anything you got L.Q. Jones in, you know it's good worth watching. You know, we were we were talking Absolutely. about that earlier. You know, and uh, it was just it was a, it was an unusual western. It was Great Britain and the U.S. was a co-production. It, like I say, I, really, I, I still sometimes have trouble, and I saw it when it first came out, still have trouble digesting it because there's, there's stuff in well, there. Well, it also the brutality, is, a, so. is a different take on two other films, or they're a different take on him, on this film, yeah. which is it's uh, The Man Who Loved Cat Dancing. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much of that. It's also got a small touch of Valdez's coming in the reverse mm-hmm. and it well, also has later, a, yeah. a, a feeling of the professionals mm-hmm. you know which, yeah, it's, it's, uh, well there's a lot of borrowing in it that's for sure yeah they're all borrowing from each other which of course the professionals was written and directed by Franklin J. O'Rourke uh, it was written by Franklin J. O'Rourke as a novel but Richard Books wrote it and directed it for the screen and he also did uh uh, Bite the Bullet, which is one of my favorites, one of Dan Galeazzo's favorites. I know a lot of cowboys that love that film. And uh, it it also is another film that's very real. So I think that's a kind of a, a thread of continuity in, in Hackman films is there's a lot of realism. Well, I'm going to move back up now to Zandy's Bride again here, um, which, again, <coughs> an exceptional movie uh, to be enjoyed on its own level. Uh, it was... Uh, alternate title was for better or for worse which was a, the worst title you could come up with and it co-starred Liv Ullman who worked with Terrell in the other movies it had Eileen Hackett the great Harry Dean Stanton Susan Terrell, Sam Bottoms who was never a slouch uh, Joe Santos great, a great cast you know, I, I don't know what else I could say about it but the, the story is interesting because it's the late 1800s a California rancher, he takes a mail-order bride, not out of love, but for someone to help on his ranch. That kind of tell, that, that's the tone of the movie. It's, you know, it's, it's survival and California ranching was shot up around Big Sur. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful shot. I'm sure that those sorts of things happened rather frequently. That was, uh, I yeah. don't need you for love, I need you for help. Oh, yeah. Well, not only working help on the ranch, but also... To give me some children, hopefully yeah, yeah. some sons, right. because Just some there's going to come a time where I'm going to need more and more help, and instead of having to hire them, we just feed them, yeah. and then we've got a, a, a workforce 
And also, let's also look down farther down the road is there's going to come a time where I can't work anymore. And now I have to have somebody take care of me, uh, me and or us. Yeah, wipe the so rule off it's my a chair. very uh, pragmatic yeah. uh, film. In it's its, real, in its real, very much process. realistic, you know, it's the way life is, especially mm-hmm. then. Well, let's do, let's move on to bite the bullet here. That's in this. This I really enjoyed this movie. It was it was fun because it was a cowboy movie. It was for for people that lo- just love to see horses working. And it was uh, who was it? It was and actually this is interesting thing. It was premiered in April 26, 1975, in Adelaide and Melbourne, Australia. And I cannot for the life of me figure out why it premiered in Australia before. United showed in the United States. Not even going to hazard well, a guess. <laughs> that was shocking. You know, sometimes the uh, executives at the studio have their in- infinite wisdom. Well, they, and, prob- uh, they probably they probably wanted a vacation so- down there. <laughs> yeah, go fishing. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. Um, well, it yeah, was this. This is interesting maybe, too because uh, the producer, director, an uncredited uh, screenplay was Richard Brooks. Uh, director of photography was Harry Stradlin Jr. I worked with him several times, and just uh, him, his dad was one of the greatest of all time, and Harry was o- almost as good as his dad, but one of the nicest guys you could ever work for. I mean, just a sweetheart of a human being. Uh, the score was by Alex North. It had a great score. Uh, livestock was furnished by Rudy Ooglin Jr., and the animal trainer was Lee Stolenberger, and that was a very impressive part because Stolenberger had all these different horses that the, that the principals were riding. And the story was as much about the horses as it was about the riders, really. And yeah, 100%. Yeah, and we get 100%. into the riders. You had Gene Hackman, who was uh, Sam Clayton, Candace Bergen, who was Miss Jones, a uh, ex uh, brothel lady. Okay. And and she also rode her own horse in that movie. That was her own horse she was. Well, she was an accomplished rider as well. Oh, yes. She did the horse show. Uh, James Colburn. I love James Colburn. It was Luke Matthews. Ben Johnson. And anything with Ben Johnson, line up and go there see it. Go. Uh, he was Mr. Yeah, what, a, what a great part. The old cowboy that's just, his last hoorah. Mm. There was a sadness about him, but dignity that was just mm-hmm. only Ben could have yes. done. Jan Michael Benson is the young punk kid. Ian Bannon was Sir Henry Norfolk, the the English fop who was still a hell of a writer. The great character actor Robert Donner was the reporter. Mario Agenta, he was the Mexican, also did stunts on that. Uh, Smarmy Dabby Coleman, he was there. John McIllum, who was good in everything, done tons of westerns. Bobby Hoy, he he played Lee Christie, did stunts in it. And in the storyline, his character is favored to win it. And so he, Bobby gets really gets a lot of good exposure. There. And for those who don't know uh, who Bobby Hoy was, he was uh, the brother to uh, Sam on The High Chaparral. Joe. He was, uh, he was Don Collier's brother. Brother Joe. And, of course, Jerry Gatlin was in there as a part and doing stunts. Uh, Sally Kirkland was played Honey. Walter Scott, another great stuntman, stunt coordinator, played Steve in that and did stunts. Billy Burton, another great stuntman. Uh, Buddy Van Horn. You can tell this was an action picture because these guys are doing parts and stunts. Uh, I'll skip over a few people here. Jimmy Nickerson, another great stunt guy. And it's, uh, Gene Wills, that was final film. And, uh, oh, by the way... Uh, Locations. This is interesting. Colorado in Arizona, Colorado City, Jacob Lake, uh, Paiute Wilderness area, Moccasin Mountains, Vermilion Cliffs, Vermilion National Monument, Mount Truman Wilderness, Mount Logan Wilderness. They shot up in Colorado. I don't know where, where they did up there. Uh, Nevada. They were in Lake Mead National Recreation uh, area, Valley of Fire, and where am I at here? I ran out of. I ran out of things. Oh, here we go. Uh, New Mexico, Valley of Fire State Park, Route 109, Overton, and Mesquite. New Mexico, White Sands National Monument, Coombrins Tobac Railroad out of Chama, one of my favorite locations on Earth, and Taos. And the story is about a pair of ex-Rough Riders, a former prostitute, a gunfighter, an aging cowboy, 
An English gentleman entered a 700-mile race in 1908, and there was a lot of it was an Oscar nomination for score. Uh, it was a Western Heritage winner, a theatrical motion picture winner. It was, you know, just darn good, fun movie. All right. We're talking Gene Hackman Westerns here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It is our movie Saturday program. We are streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. And if you don't know what the White Stallion Ranch is, go to your browser and put in White Stallion Ranch and see what all kinds of uh, neat things happen here well, better, at this yeah, place. Just book a vacation yeah, book come a out va- and see for yourself. Golly, just book a vacation and come on out. And, hey, maybe we'll even put you on the show. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> We're by, we'll be back with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these important messages. Do stay tuned. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job little lady up the road a piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights you out there come one step near and old best here'll spit right in your eye so you need to strike your own deal but you need the right henchman to do the job the stage is hauling a wells fargo box loaded with gold you've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold but blank henchman to pull off the job what to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around. You, and that's just a gentle hitch. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Docs to get that bullet out of your shoulder, Get a Renahance to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Renahance, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Oh, and something else. You know, women down there can vote. Vote? Yeah. Women vote? Yeah. Oh! It's times like these. It just makes me give thanks that I don't know how to read. This is the Voices of the West. I think my goal would be to have Festus read a bedtime story. <laughs> well, you know, I'm with him. Women vote, and next thing you know, they'll be smoking cigarettes and I driving know. cars. I know. What's up with that? Welcome back to Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander, Bucket of France here in Los Angeles. It's Todd Roberts. We're talking about the movies, the Western movies of Gene Hackman uh, here on Movie Saturday, streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch here in uh, just north of Tucson in Arizona. You know, Todd, we didn't give you a chance to comment on Bite the Bullet, and I know you had to be biting a bullet there because you wanted to say something. Well, you know, I thank you for that, Bunker. I, I think you had some very eloquent prose there. You know, I just, I find this film to be, uh, I love it on many levels. First of all, I love the fact that you have 
it's a road picture and I love road pictures. Second of all, you've got all these different characters who are all bringing something different to the stew. It's kind of like a, the film reminds me of a good stew because there's so many different ingredients and, you know, there's a lot of little things that we miss in this film, such as, you know, Sally Kirkland, uh, who plays the prostitute. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't recognize her because she has brown, her natural color, brown hair in this film. Now she's blonde. Um, and you've got little things, like you said about Ben Johnson. You know, his character in a lot of ways reminds me of Sam the Lion in The Last Picture Show, exactly. which he also good, good played and won the Oscar for. You know, there's a quiet dignity and a self-confidence that he has. He's kind of seen it all. Uh, he's done it all. And, you know, I, I'm just here because I enjoy watching it happen. Is kind of a, uh, and he's going to participate. Um, the Jan Michael Vincent character, I, I don't, rem- I, I don't remember a character that I disliked this much, other than Rod Steiger <laughs> in Jubal as Pinky. Um, and when they start to beat on him hard, it, I'm, I, I get happy. I do. I, I, there brings a smile to my face, and in fact, I even kind of say to myself under my breath. Hit him again. It's okay. Harder. You're an evil he's, man, he's, Robert. He, it's, you know, he's, he's already down. Hit him again. Because you know for a fact, there's no question, there's no denying the fact that well, if he had you down, he'd be hitting you. But you know, time, the old times, time, they, time they, kind of, they kind of bring him around, they bring the character around. Yeah, I think they, they, I think they beat some sense into him. Yeah. You know, you know this, um, one of the neat things about this too is the the uh, camaraderie between uh, Hackman and um, James Colburn. Colburn, yeah, yeah, you know, the, yeah. These, and the respect guys they have were, for each other, buddies at have, San Juan Hill, yeah. you know, yeah, and they have tremendous respect for each other, and they know each other's moves. In some ways, you see, uh, in in some ways, you see the same type of buddy relationship in Richard Brooks's other, my favorite Richard Brooks film, The Professionals. The relationship between Burt Lancaster and Lee Marvin mm-hmm. is very similar to the relationship between Gene Hackman and James Coburn in this film. Also, the Mexican writer, I love, you know, he starts out, if you notice, a lot of people don't pick it up, he's got a horrible toothache. So he takes um, he takes a piece of cocoa leaf mm-hmm. and and breaks it, you know, he folds it in half, then he folds it in quarters and sticks it in his mouth and his in his craw to kind of dull that pain so he can complete the ride because he needs the money. He's not looking for glory. He needs the money to support his family. And then and when you first meet him, he's leaving his wife and children to go on the ride. Uh, and I love the Candace Bergen character who is is so blinded by love um, that she's willing to you know, risk everything to get her man out of jail, which is a which is a great twist in this film. Mm-hmm. I love that twist, and then I love how they all come together to get his horse back and basically stop these guys, uh, escape convicts who are murderers because they kill a guard. And you know, um, there's an interesting aspect about this movie too. And that is that, you know, most of the movies, you, 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 you root for one person to win. And in this movie, you find yourself rooting for different people at different times. And yeah. you also get the feeling that any one of them could win the race. It's not like, oh, it's obvious who's yeah. going to win. And even when you get right down to the end, uh, you don't really expect the way it ends. No, and you also, you also have... And for all the great high moments in this film, uh, you also get a lot of lows, like when McLean's horse dies, mm-hmm. the Englishman, and his thoroughbred dies, and he literally is there. He's crying yeah. like a little child um, whose dog has died, and he's going to have to shoot him. And uh, and then the fear that is on the face of Jan Michael Vincent after uh, he, uh, you know, has lit its dead horse on fire to get rid of him, and here comes Pacman and Colburn, and they're right up on him, and they're so disgusted by his behavior 
and they decide to ride him down, and he's on foot. And they don't kill him. They don't beat him. They drag him back and say, now bury that horse. He, he carried you. Now you need to care, you know, mm-hmm. take care of him. He took care of you, and you need to take care of him and bury him properly. And uh, there's great moments in this film. And, of course, there's also a little bit of peckinpah here because there's some scenes where things happen in slow motion with audio that is not in slow motion. And it's the dichotomy of the audio and the visual competing with each other on different speeds, which I think adds a real intensity and heightens uh, the dramaticism of the film. Well, let's move on to The Unforgiven now, which I'm sure that's probably the one everybody's been waiting for us to get to, and I want to make sure we get to it uh, before we mosey on out of here. And, of course, you know, this Hackman won a supporting actor award for that, uh, Ishwood was the producer director on that and this is a this is a story that he had for a long time that uh, in fact uh, finally got around to shooting it the original title actually was the cut whore killings the shooting title was the William money killings and of course it came out unforgiven uh, just to go move on a little bit here let's see who else the director of photography was Jack Green. Joel editor was the, Joel Cox was the editor, and the cast we had at Eastwood, of course, is William Mundy, Hackman is Little Little Bill, Morgan Freeman, who was uh, is who had been Mundy's partner in activities before he married. And this you this you know you you, you think of that movie. It starts the movie starts with the horrors and the, and then the one getting cut. And then moves to him, and he's burying his wife. He's a pig farmer, which you know that's that's below sheep farming. You know that's just you know pitiful. And the little girl and the little boy, you know, they're uh, Will Jr. They're just kind of like you know, he. My dad is pitiful. And the Schofield, they put the uh, horse put up a reward to, to kill the cowboys that cut the horse. Anyway, that's. that's Something to kill the cowboy and cut the horse. It's got a There's a movie there. in that. But yeah. uh, but anyhow, they uh, the Schofield kid who was so myopic that uh, he needs a pair of glasses to find his pair of glasses. Uh, he shows up at the Monday place and and somehow or another he knows about his past. And the past is this is like this is like a he's almost like a psychopathic, cold blooded sociopath killer in his earlier days he was just a killing machine and he, at one point he says I've killed kids women chickens dogs you know I've killed everything you know he's just that's how bad he but he's a broken man when the Schofield kid comes to him he, anyhow so he, but he talks him into it so he gets the gun out and he's practicing he's got an old tin thing out there he's shooting at and he can't hit it and the little girl goes turns to her brother and says are you sure my daddy, our daddy, was a killer? I mean, you know, that's how pitiful he is. He gets a shotgun out and blows the thing away. But you know, it, it, in a, in a lot of ways, the story is about redemption. You know, and who wants? Well, to it redeem, is about. You're right. You're right. Who Buck, wants to redeem a, a soulless, merciless killer? But that's what it's about. And but it's but it's also that journey. You know, he brings uh, get talks. Morgan, not Morgan Freeman, talks him into joining them, uh-huh. and this is a journey of sadness for this guy because he's 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 reformed. He's not a killer anymore. He's not an outlaw, but it's loyalty, and it just these things yeah. just build up. And then you you introduce some of the other characters like Richard Harris as English Bob, the he's a he's a noted gunfighter, but he's more of a dime dime novel gunfighter than he is a real one. And there's a great scene in there where uh, uh, little Bill has has disarmed him. And he's, he's got him in jail and then he's mocking him. And he says, yeah, he says, you're noted for the killing in Dodge or whatever. He says, I was there. The both of you were drunk. You couldn't hit each other. You finally hit him in the arm or the leg or something. Walked over, uh, shot him again and just another wound. He says, you, you killed him at cold blood blunt range there was no dignity or he said, you're pitiful 
And then, of course, he kills him. All right. Hey, well, well it's let, there's also in this film. Go ahead, Eric. Well, I was going to say we should take our break, but go ahead, Todd. Yeah, okay. wrap, it up, wrap it up quickly. Well, I just think that this film, uh, there's so this film to me is the definition of less is more. Um, you know, such as when uh, uh, Morgan Freeman's leaving to go on the on the killing party with Clint Eastwood, and he looks over at his wife Sarah Tutrees, who's an Indian. And she doesn't have any dialogue, but you can see in her heart, in her eyes, right. that please don't go. I really don't want you to go. Um, and this whole film is kind of about that. And it turns the the the, the marshal, the Matt Dillon character, who was Gene Hackman on his on its ear, by turning him into the bad guy. But you know, his acting is so good in the delivery of his lines and his passion for what he's talking about. You start, you feel for him. Because you really think about it, you look at it, and you go, "My God, he's just trying to keep the peace here." And he's trying to build you know, he's the doing house. His he's he's building the house, and he's trying to build the town, and he's doing his job. And why did that become a bad thing? But it becomes a bad thing based on his motivation, not based on his execution. Break. Okay, now we're going to do our final commercial break here on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. All right, wait till we're up. Love it. We're talking the uh, Western movies of Gene Hackman at move, on Movie Saturday. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tankaverde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Yes, sir, it's sure been some exciting. Always on the prize, dodging the law. 
And what for? We ain't done nothing but good. Fighting bandits, rustlers, and outlaws, and helping the helpless. There's been a lot of dirty tricks blamed on us, Grizzly, but we never did. You realize, son, that with all our shooting, we, we ain't never killed anybody? This is the Voices of the West. Trio. <laughs> and speaking and speaking of uh, doing no wrong, Gabby and Bob Steele, man, they've been uh, tracked down and they did no wrong. And it's just a bunch of dirty tricks. And that sounds like our story. Uh, you're getting poetic there. God, I didn't you know you had it in you. Welcome well, back to Amal Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France and Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. We're talking the movies of Gene Hackman. The Westerns of uh, Gene Hackman. For someone who may not have seen a Gene Hackman Western, which one would the two of you recommend that person watch? Ooh, I would say, I would say, I, I can't do one. I'd have to do Unforgiven, Bite the Bullet, and Quick and the Dead, because Quick and the Dead is a hoot. Odd? I, I, I love Quick and the Dead. I, I just love it. I know I'm a little prejudiced. Uh, because uh, Thel Reed uh, being the armorer and the gunsmith on it, um, it was, uh, you know, Thel that thought up the idea of wearing, you know, he, Gene did not want to draw his guns uh, with the frock coat on. He was over the guns, and he said, he, he mentioned something to that effect to Thel, and Thel said, then, simple, we're going to take your coat, we're going to put it on you, we're going to tighten it, we're going to draw it in all the way in around you, so it's real snug. You're going to put your guns on the outside of your belt, on the oh. outside of your coat, and, you know, you'll look very stylish, and you won't be fit, fuddling yourself with the guns and the coat and so on, and that's, uh, it's. I think it's just a, a very well-made film, and the other one for me is Bite the Bullet, as I said. I love that film. I think it's... Uh, uh, it's it's just for me the embodiment of the of, of what the West was really about. Yeah, you know, uh, quick. I, we you know we don't have time to go into Geronimo or Wyatt Earp, but uh, love them both. They're love both, both great movies. Uh, his contribution is, is is there, but the movies they're not his movies. So I, let's just stick with Quick and the Dead and go out on that one. And as you mentioned. Uh, Tell Reed was the gun coach and the armorer on that, did the little part. And that is definitely a, a gun lover's movie. You've got all these different handguns. Uh, yeah. you, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm sure Todd has sat around with some of his other uh, quick draw guys talking guns from that movie because it's, it is, it's a gun movie. And, you know, I've got to say that the gun handling in it. Is good. I mean, they're believable. You know, Sharon yeah. Stone did a good yeah. job, and you know, one of my favorite in that in the movie was Lance Hendrickson. He was. Just, I was just going to say to you how 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 what a great character he was. He looks. He was such a uh, evil looking dude in yeah. his outfit. He's so prim and just perfectly put together. And Hackman just dismantles him like he's like a child taking a taking a cookie apart. And uh, I think it, it it just spins a lot of the. The Western myth on its ear, yeah. Especially, you know, when it first came out, I know a lot of guys, cowboy shooters that I shoot with, who were saying things to me like, "Oh, you know, I don't like that movie." Uh, you know, a, a woman being, you know, winning, doing that well in a gunfight, and so on and so on, in a in a shootout. Well, how do you know? Have you ever shot with any woman? By the way, why don't you turn around? One of the top action shooters the is a gal. A couple, several of those gals are champions. Yeah. Well, why, yeah, why don't you turn around and look at all these gals we're shooting with who are shooting a lot faster than the guys that are here. And so it's totally plausible, number one. Number two, um, I just love the dynamics of him, you know, the scene where he's in the house by the fire, it's raining, he's got that big blanket over his shoulders, he's in his pajamas, and there he is sitting working on his guns. He's not drinking with some... You know, got a bunch of floozies in there with him. No. Partying. He's working on his guns. He's so serious about it. 
about you know his, that his 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 weapons work properly. All right, fellas, great Gordon, little touch. We are out of time One and last uh, word, what, quickly. Woody Strobe, the coffin maker. It was his last movie. All right. Gene Hackman yeah. Westerns, find one, watch it. You'll enjoy it. Next time we get together on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, I have no idea what we're doing. Nuggets. Maybe nuggets. nuggets. Who knows? Chicken legs. I don't know. Pies. Until then. Adios, 79, 76. I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> but it's Adios. So long, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.